Most gracious God, we are in your presence today and we greet you with shouts of Noel, Noel. For now is born among us the bringer of peace whose name brings cause for joyful celebration. The one who gives the nations the sure knowledge of redeeming love. God, enter this celebration time. Smile and sing with us and through the various uh, songs that we sing and uh, different ways that we express our joy. Will you fill us with your spirit? Remove any restraints that we are feeling right now. That all of ourselves, all of our worship may resonate with love to the glory of Jesus, our infant Savior. We pray this humbly and expectantly. Amen. How's everyone doing with their Christmas preparations and uh, finding costumes and uh, other things, other decorations that you know, maybe you open up a bin and think, you know, something is missing? We were able to you know, get some new uh, batteries and some of the things that the li- you know, need lights and all that sort of stuff. Just about everybody has some kind of Christmas tradition but I bet none of you have a tradition quite like this place. It's a town called Turku, Finland. Turku, Finland is on the edge of the Baltic Sea, kind of in the, the middle of upper or northern Europe. And the Turkus, I guess that's what they call themselves, Tradition is serious business. Did you know Turku actually calls itself the Christmas city? And they have had a tradition in this town that has taken place almost every year. It's only been interrupted about four different times in history, since about the 1300s. So if you think that you have family traditions, just wait until it's been going on for almost 700 years. Maybe then you can call it a true Christmas tradition. Their tradition is called the Declaration of Christmas Peace. And it is a time where they gather people in the town and it's meant to remind everything, remind everyone that Christmas peace has begun. They advise people to act in harmony, and they also stipulate punishments for those that break the Christmas peace. Sort of like, be peaceful or else is kind of the gist of it. And they also wish everyone a Merry Christmas, of course. They've broadcast this in more recent years, not only on radio and TV, but they also stream it to the world at noon on Christmas Day or Christmas Eve in Turku. So whatever Turku time is at noon, you could tune in and you could listen to this. Each year at noon on Christmas Eve, they read this declaration. It's actually kind of a Christmas scroll that they have and they unfurl it. And this is what it reads. Tomorrow, God willing, is the graceful celebration of the birth of our Lord and Savior. And thus is declared a peaceful Christmas time to all by advising devotion and to behave otherwise quietly and peacefully. That, how would that go in your house with those, with those little ones? <laughs> it goes on. 
Because he who breaks this peace and violates the peace of Christmas by any illegal or improper behavior shall, under aggravating circumstances, be guilty and punished according to what the law and statutes prescribe for each and every offense separately. Wow, that's a mouthful. Finally, a joyous Christmas feast is wished to all inhabitants of the city. This is their proclamation. You've heard the phrase, don't mess with Texas. Well, according to this, don't mess with Turku, Finland, when it comes to Christmas peace. What a way to usher in Christmas. And it's a tradition that all the people of that area come together and they look forward to that each and every year. But beyond the tradition is a reminder of the coming of Jesus Christ. That Christ came into the world and he brings Peace. True peace, not the fleeting kind of peace that we may or may not experience here on earth. In our series, Rediscover Christmas, we celebrate this season of Advent once again on purpose. We take time to get to Christmas morning. And this time of Advent is where we anticipate the birth. We wait and we have longing for that moment We look back in celebration at the hope when Jesus first came to earth as that little baby, while simultaneously looking ahead to when Christ returns to earth, the coming of his kingdom when he finally rules in a full and perfect peace. Now each week over these, starting last week and then continuing up through Christmas, we're focusing on a different attribute of God. Last week was hope, this week is peace, next week is joy, and the following week is love. And each of those four kind of, you could call them almost Christmas traits, leads us into a rediscovery of Christmas. And I'm glad that you're here today as we unpack peace. There's something about being together at this time that we didn't get to necessarily enjoy in quite the same way last year. As we look at this, we're looking at some of the different characters in the Christmas story, and the characters we look at today are the shepherds. The shepherds are, they experience the arrival of Jesus in a unique and particular way. When we think of peace embodied in the Christmas story, We think of the shepherds as the unlikely recipients of this message. I mean, who are they that God would come to them to deliver this good news? So let's read a portion of Luke's account. It's in Luke chapter 2. We're going to read verses 8 through 20 today. We know that those shepherds are working at night. Maybe they're gathered around a fire, huddled up, trying to stay warm while the sheep are hopefully sleeping hopefully not breaking the Christmas peace. And I want to start in verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. 
He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. What a message. Wow. There's so much here in just a few short paragraphs. You've heard about gender reveal parties and all of the chaotic snafus that have happened with those. This is, the, this is sort of like that, but not really. There's no, you know, there's no bombs going off or anything. This one, you probably can't top it. This is God's birth announcement to the world. Full angelic host. The New Living Translation of the Bible calls them heaven's armies at the ready. What a way to announce a long-awaited event. That thing that the Jewish people the people of God have been waiting for and waiting for, as we talked about last week, for so long. And now it happens in such an unexpected way. It happens in the middle of a dark and ordinary night in the middle of nowhere, the countryside, and an angel appears in the sky and is joined by a whole heavenly host of backup. The audience wasn't a group of VIPs, the movers and shakers of the day. No, it was a group of shepherds working the graveyard shift. Working the night shift, the shift that probably nobody really wanted to work. And they are the unlikely, unexpected recipients of this message of peace, wholeness, and God's favor. God is perfectly flipping the script on everyone's expectations on what we would expect and plan to do if it were up to us to save the world. We might call the Avengers or something like that. No, God chooses a little helpless baby born in a feeding trough. And he speaks to these shepherds. The shepherds, they were nothing special. There was no sense of entitlement there. There was no pride or arrogance. There was no religious bloating or grandiose speaking. No, the shepherds fit right in to how God chose to enter this world. 
They fit right into the introduction of God's Messiah, born to a carpenter and a young girl in a lowly stable surrounded by animals, born into kind of a scandalous situation. We know that shepherds are really important in Jewish history and culture. So many stories of shepherds that we read about in the Old Testament. We know that David was a shepherd, the, one of the kings, the great king of Israel. And shepherds also point to Jesus' own future ministry and teaching. See, everyone else might have considered sheep lowly animals, even today. But sheep are special in Jewish culture. When we read all the way back in the Old Testament, we know that the Passover lamb was the sacrifice that ancient Jews would make to atone for their sins. It was the cost that had to be paid (coughs) to become right with God, to restore yourself to relationship with God. And we know that Jesus enters the world as the Lamb of God, we use that phrase as well, who came to take away the sin of the world. He was the ultimate sacrifice and payment for our sins. His death did away with the need for all of those other sacrificial lambs. His resurrection made it possible for you and me to be here today. Jesus' life made it possible to experience true peace. What's that word that encompasses or encapsulates peace? (coughs) Excuse me, my throat's a little scratchy. (coughs) It's that word shalom. That word that there's no single word that can really describe what Jesus offers and brings. It's a completeness or wholeness, peace, the restoration of God's original intent. And it's probably partly for all of these reasons that God sent his angelic messengers to announce this good news to these shepherds. God's favor is not based on our standards. It is on all those who humbly acknowledge their brokenness and accept the gifts of hope, peace, joy, and love that Jesus brings. There's a couple of insights that I think the shepherds can lead us to when we think about their part in this story. See, we're connected to the peace, the shalom of God that comes through the birth of Jesus. And one of these insights that I think the shepherds lead us to is that there can be peace in the midst of the storm. There can be peace in the midst of the storm. See, sometimes we think that God is just here to yank us out of every bad situation that all he wants is to sort of make us have this wonderful, happy life. And while that may be his intention in some ways, his promise is to be with us, even in the midst of the storm. Anyone ever experience a hurricane? I put the picture of a hurricane kind of, this is in uh, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. If you've ever been to Florida, they get a lot of 
hurricanes roll through there. Other places in the world, some places call them typhoons. Have you ever experienced a hurricane, the force of the wind? You know, the palm trees are uniquely situated. Somehow, a lot of them survive. Have you ever seen the center of a hurricane? Maybe only on a picture. You've seen it on their weather radar. But in the middle of that storm is this center of stillness. Right in the midst of this huge melee of wind and destruction. And in that place, the winds calm. It's truly amazing when you see some video of people that have experienced the center of a hurricane. The rains cease. They actually pause in their ferocity. And there is calm for a moment, and then it starts to howl again as the storm keeps on moving. Experiencing that is kind of like when you watch a movie and they slow down the movie. They have those one kind of slow motion moment where everything seems to slow down and just crystallize into this tiny pinprick of awareness that the person in the movie has. And all the life and the chaos and catastrophe is going on around them. Sometimes when they do explosions, you know, they do it in slow motion. And the hero always, you know, looks, is looking away from it and walking slowly as the chaos around. Well, I don't know about you, but that's, that's rarely been my experience when there's fire and chaos and all sorts of stuff swirling around me. But God's peace is kind of like that, that we can actually experience something like that in the midst of the storm, a brief moment of clarity. So let me ask you this morning, how is this season going so far for you? How does your lead up to Christmas typically go? I know often it seems like a, almost like a snowball. It just gets going faster, like a snowball rolling down the hill. It gets going and then going and almost till it is out of control and somehow you get to the end. You don't always know how. If we're honest, we might choose words like busy, hectic, or frantic to describe this time of year. Or maybe those are words that you'd use all year round in your life. Maybe it's an overloaded schedule that robs you of experiencing God's peace. Or maybe it's something more. Maybe it's relational conflict. Pressures at work to just get to the end of the year. Or maybe a lost job or an illness. You name it. There are lots of things that can threaten to rob us of our peace. For many, peace sounds like a long way off. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Peace sounds just like a good idea, but not something that I can really experience. It's a nice thought for the holidays. We sing songs about peace and we think about God's peace, something that we long for. If this is where you find yourself today or in this season, let me encourage you that when the storms of life threaten peace and hope and joy, Jesus is already there. He's there before you ever got there. And he'll be there after you've moved on. Hopefully you move with him. He is there with us when love seems lost or the way forward is totally unclear in your life. There can be peace in the midst of the storm.
in the middle of Israel's dark night of Roman oppression and centuries of suffering and wondering, where are you, O God? When are you coming? When is this long-promised Messiah going to get here? This is where the Christ child is born. This is where the angels show up. In a world turned upside down for a young Jewish couple who have suddenly found themselves at the center of cosmic events while at the same time trying to fulfill their obligations, traveling on foot through the country just to be counted by the government. There were no census forms that you just fill in and mail in. No, you had to do it in person. They experienced having to birth a child for the first time far from home without the care and support of the women and midwives that would have certainly helped Mary and guided her through this painful and uncertain time. And in all of these circumstances, in all of these struggles, this is where God shows up. Right in the midst of it all. He doesn't avoid it or make it a nice, easy Hollywood ending. No, it's messy. Have you ever been in a stable before? Have you ever seen what feeding troughs really look like when the pigs get going? It's not pretty at all. It stinks. It's not fun. And this is where God chooses to show up. Right in the midst of it all. And friends, this is where God chooses to show up for you. Right in the midst of where you are right now. He shows up in the midst of our pain our confusion and our fears and our grief and our loss, the uncertainties that we feel. He doesn't avoid it. He's not an absentee God that waits for you to get all your stuff figured out and then he'll come to you. And while I don't know every hardship that you are facing this day or every wince of pain that you are feeling, God certainly does. And he is there bringing peace in the midst of the storm to calm your heart, mind, body, and soul. It's like a breath of fresh air. God's peace is that perfect shalom. God's peace is secondly a peace that defies your circumstances. It's not limited by what is going on in your life. In fact, it can upend your circumstances in a moment. Not always, but it does happen. The peace that Jesus brings, you see, doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to us. We think that it's meant to just fix everything right away, like an emergency quick band-aid, and suddenly everything is better. But no, it doesn't make sense to us because we experience peace, and yet things are still chaotic around us. Things are not always resolved in our lives or the lives of people around us. And you might be thinking, peace, that's great for you to say in this Christmas season. It sounds nice, but you don't know how much it hurts. And you'd be right. I don't know how much it specifically hurts you right now. But as I just said, God does. No one around you can completely understand the pain that you feel. 
what your particular struggle is. But let me encourage you that there is a peace available that is deeper, a peace that defies your circumstances, whatever you are facing. In the face of all that you feel and all that you have gone through or are going through right now, God's peace doesn't make sense all the time, but it, makes, but it is no less real, even if we can't feel it. As Philippians says, the peace of God transcends all understanding and it can guard your heart and mind. It is healing. It can guard your heart from ongoing or continuing wounds. It can protect your mind from the onslaught of continued anxiety. It doesn't mean that it's all gone. It provides almost like this protective barrier for us. Verse 7 is part of a larger process in Philippians that is described like this. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything but in every situation. By prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And then it says, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in who? Christ Jesus. Let me encourage you today to bring your hurts and your questions and your doubts and your needs to him in every situation. By prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Now, even as I read that, I don't pretend to understand it all. And I don't always get it right. But somehow there is power in the act of doing that. Power in the act of prayer and some sort of transformation that actually grows out of our gratitude. And however it happens, God can choose to do this in any way that he so chooses, When we engage in this, we begin to experience a peace that defies our circumstances. Our perspectives can shift. And we begin to understand that God is truly with us no matter what. Right in the midst. This peace comes not merely as an ideal. This is not a philosophical argument. Peace is present in Jesus himself. And this is our last point. For peace is fundamentally a person. The person of Jesus Christ. It all comes back to a person. Jesus is peace. If peace is that perfect shalom of God, the completeness and togetherness and wholeness that is fully embodied in that baby that was born. He is our peace. Exactly. Ephesians 2.14, He Himself is our peace. Long before his arrival on earth, the prophet Isaiah called Jesus what? The Prince of Peace. Isaiah 9 says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. 
He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. Friends, this is the day that we await. We wait for expectantly. Whatever you hope for this year in the celebration of Jesus, most of all, hope that as this child that is born, this son that is given to us, know that he brings the power and rule of his perfect peace into our lives. This is not some pie in the sky wait until you get to heaven experience. He means for us to experience his shalom here on earth in part as it is in heaven. Jesus is now with us and he offers us this invitation in this Advent season and always. Matthew 11 says, come to me. All you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Friends, I know many of you have heard those words before, but is that not an offer of peace. Come to me, Jesus invites us. Allow those words to wash over you right now. Some of you need that offer of peace right now, in this season especially. Come to me. This is how we come to Jesus today. The Prince of Peace. God's perfect peace. The one who is with us. It's so great to be able to worship with you all, and um, it, it always feels more and more like Christmas the more we get to be together and to, to sing together. Second Thessalonians 3.16 says, May the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. And this is our hope for the week to come. May Jesus be your peace this week, guarding your soul with peace, filling your spirit with the wholeness of shalom, and ruling as the Prince of Peace in your heart now and forever. Amen. Church, have a great week. God bless.